And in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Investment Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady. Joining me today is uh, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend, and a strange human being, <laughs> and Canada's one of Canada's top mortgage brokers, Mr. Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you today? I'm awesome, Jeff. How about yourself? After your intros, always, always just get a little bit more pumped up than I am when I start. So absolutely <laughs> incredible. Yourself? <laughs> I am fantastic. I, uh, I'm a little jacked up. I just uh, had to give my cat the Heimlich maneuver. Never, never thought I'd be doing that, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I got the heart racing. So me being hyper could be a really good thing or a really bad thing for this and, episode. And, and the, the good thing is your cat's okay now. So that's all. Yes. Good. He is like 19 years old or a thousand. I'm not sure. And uh, yeah, man, she, it was, it was a moment of panic as, uh, as that happened. So anyhow, she's good. She's purring. She's beyond. Everything's good. It's good to crap onto me, but uh, I'm going to use that energy to give to our clients our listeners and to you sir so phenomenal today, <laughs> let's talk about today um a couple of podcasts back a couple of episodes back we talked about earning your chops and there was kind of something in there that i really wanted to expand on and that was now i i, I did i did kind of say something bad about robert kiyosaki i didn't mean to I know he's a guru. I know he's done phenomenally well. And I wasn't really bad-mouthing him. All I was saying is that when you read something uh, from Robert Kiyosaki or from, from uh, David Allen, Robert, Robert Allen, sorry, Robert Allen, or any of these big investor gurus, a lot of times what you find is they're, they're telling you to shoot for the stars right off the bat. And... I'm not going to say whether that works or doesn't work. We'll, we'll get to that in the discussion here, Jonathan. But let's talk today about the psychology of getting started versus the psychology of dreaming big and where each of them is 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 properly used. Does that make yes, sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, fantastic. I'm glad one of us is paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jonathan, talk about your investor experience, how you got started, even how you uh like what were the first things you read that got you started oh one of, one of the first things before i got in the business i did read uh i did read robert kiyosaki rich dad poor dad um i tried to learn as when i made the decision to get into mortgage brokering as a profession part of it was let's learn as much as i can about the business mm -hmm. and so i attended i attended i attended uh different information sessions and they and, and i'll most of these sessions, they start out with, hey, they give you, some, give you a free evening. So you come out to the free evening. The free evening is designed to get you into a weekend workshop, which is a few hundred dollars typically, uh, usually worthwhile. Uh, but the end, end objective of, of those weekend workshops is to show you everything that can be done real, with real estate, how all this stuff can be done. You can do it with no, with, without your own money, without this, without this, without this, not using, I mean, I think they pitch without using your own credit, without using your own money and build a real estate empire. Mm -hmm. uh, can that be done? I would say that it can be done for a handful of people if you are a phenomenal salesperson and you can basically use your skills to influence and bring people into your team who can provide the income, who can provide the down payments, provide all that stuff. Uh, for the average person, to go through and spend the money on a course like that is probably not worth, well, 
the beginning parts, yes, to educate on what's out there, but to, to, to drop $30,000, $50,000 for a course to tell you, hey, here's everything you need to get invested in real estate, you're better just to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. So tell me how you really feel. <laughs> so, you know, let's, let, let's say that someone has begun the education process. They've read half a dozen books, been to a few courses, maybe belong to a meetup or two. And, and here's where I find the disconnect definitely was for me when I first started looking at this. Like I read the um, One Minute Millionaire by Robert Allen. And I think, believe it's Robert Allen. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it got me believing that in 90 days I could be a real estate millionaire. And is that a good thing for people to think that? One of the things I remember, I forget where I heard it or where I came across it, but it talked about most people overestimate, greatly overestimate what they can accomplish in one year. But most people also greatly underestimate what they can accomplish in five. I have heard that recently too. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. And, and if you look and you say, yeah, to, to say, well, I'm going to do this and it's all going to be within a year. Most of the time, that's a great overestimate estimation. But if you build, if you take the right steps, you build the right habits, you build the right groundwork and you just, hey, just do this day in and day out in five years, what you thought you'd accomplish in one year, you'll be probably 10 times beyond that by five years if you keep doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the, the interesting thing. Like I remember watching something recently, a documentary about uh, P.T. Barnum, and there was a period in his life where he was broke for five years. I was like, oh, five years is nothing in the grand scheme of things. And then I realized, you know, when you're in the middle of that five years, that's a terrible feeling. Yeah. And it takes a lot to recover from that. And um, <clears throat> I, I think really, the, you know, in that time is where you, you notice the difference in psychology from a beginner to somebody who's had that strife and what they believe is possible for themselves. So... Uh, again, I don't know which is better. I, I do know that we have to be able to dream in order to become an investor. Is that, would you say that's true? You, you've got to be able to dream. You've got to be able to look beyond your current circumstances and, and look at, hey, where do I want to be? That's essential. Yeah. Well, I remember actually, um, you know, Michael Burnoff always tells that story about the man he sat beside on the, uh, or is it? I'm not, no, I'm not sure if it's Michael Burdoff or Tony Robbins now, uh, but they talk about sitting beside a blind man on an airplane and they were having a conversation and he said, when did you lose your, your vision? And he slapped him and said, I may be blind, but I never lost my vision. You've heard that story. I've not heard that one, actually. I think it's Michael Burnoff. Anyhow, um, I, I, I think that's really, it's an important beginning place is to have vision but you also have to be a real be realistic within it yes i agree with you there for contributing to the conversation (laughs) 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 Uh, well i i'm sure you've seen people like this i met a guy a a few years ago uh he had like 40 or 50 properties that he was trying to buy a whole bunch of them all at the same time and one thing it was it was it was stacked like dominoes and kind of one thing fell at the wrong time and then he had a personal tragedy happen and the entire house of cards came down at the same time because he'd gone too big too fast 
Yeah, that, well, that, that, that's the big, I'll say the big advantage of real estate is the ability it gives you with leverage. And, and as you know, is that leverage is being able to leverage your money is what gives you the ability to, to grow things faster than you would otherwise. Mm-hmm. The downside with that is if there is some correction, if there is something unforeseen that happens, if you're over leveraged and you've got nothing back, you need to make sure that, yeah, use the, use the advantage that leverage gives you but make sure you've got that foundation to step back on because mm-hmm. if the foundation's not there and there is a small tremble, that's where people get into trouble and suddenly everything's gone because now the leverage, now the leverage eats against you. Cause now it's, now it's basically instead of losing $1, you lose 10,000. And that it hurts a lot more. <laughs> I can certainly attest. Um, you know, it's interesting as you're saying that I'm really starting to understand you know, you and I have been delving more into the business world as well as of late. And franchising is a great model. And that really is buying multiple properties would be franchising your uh, uh, real estate business. And you just kind of made me maybe understand that if you're going to have a restaurant and you're going to franchise it, that first one has to run without you. Yes, and you exactly. have to perfect that formula. Yep. There's so many restaurants that have opened over the years that you know, open six, eight, 10 restaurants at the same time. And two years later, they're all, they're all, they've all failed because they didn't perfect that first one. Yes. So should somebody coming into the business, look at buying, you know, big real estate as opposed to little real estate, like single family homes when they come in, or how, how do you think that vision process should work? You really have to start with, as you say, if you're saying big real estate versus little real estate, you got to start with little real estate. You got to start with something manageable that, that you're comfortable with that you can handle in this circumstance. Because ultimately, I'll just say from lender's standpoint, lenders won't look at someone investing in real est- big real estate unless they can show a track record with some little real estate. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't mean you got to own like hundreds of, of properties before you can buy a multifamily dwelling, but it means that they want to see that you've been able to own and manage several smaller properties, and you've got experience with that. Mm-hmm. And will will there be lenders who could do it? Otherwise, there are, but I'll just tell you that they're going to charge you more. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, um... And, and I mean, there's, there's, there's always alternatives and there's ways to get things done. I'm never going to say something is impossible, but for the average person, it's just, it's easier to get started small. And, you know, we were talking about it in uh, the episode about earn your chops, uh, creating a secondary suite within your own uh, dwelling first. You know, it's something, especially if there's people in their uh, early 30s, late 20s that are buying houses. I don't think we have the same outlook on houses that we used to. Uh, we don't think about them as you buy it and own it forever, pay it off and, and, and you know, live mortgage free. I think the, in my, my experience, the younger generation are thinking more about making money off of their house. Yeah. And, and I agree with you completely. And it, I, I go through, yeah, I look at, at even, I'll just say, looking at the generations in my life, my grandparents, they lived in their house for and until they passed away. My parents have sold the house. They've bought and sold several houses and they've now, they've several years ago, they sold the house that basically was the house that I lived in as a teenager and just downsized. I got to a condo just because I said they don't need that space anymore. Mm-hmm. 
And so you're seeing a lot more of that. Whereas I, as you say, previously was, Hey, you buy the house, you die in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a very interesting thing. A lot of people, you know, younger people tend to get a raise and raise their lifestyle to the same amount every time they get a raise. So they're always upgrading the house. Now I have no problems with upgrading the house, but I would think in that situation, if you're going to upgrade the house, create a secondary suite in the first one, get used to having a tenant. Even better, if it's a secondary suite and you live, you know, in a small town or something like that, you probably have it be somebody you know. Could be, yeah. Which well, makes it for, for for you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I know everybody out here; they'd all be related. Um, <laughs> I mean, in the city, it's a little bit different. Uh, you have to go through the screening process and stuff like that. But having that secondary suite in your first home allows you a to get started small. You got somebody living in the basement, you're living in the top floor, you're coming from a condo or an apartment, you're already used to that type of scenario, right? Yep, exactly. And if you're coming from that standpoint of making money and becoming a real estate investor, buying the home as opposed to, you know, we're going to die here. I, I think that would be a great, a really great way to spend your first couple of years in a home is doing that because somebody's paying the majority of your mortgage for you. Depending on the house. Yeah. Well, of course, of course, Jonathan, it depends. <laughs> yes. Well, that I actually haven't said that in a few episodes, have I? So I got to throw no, it in somewhere. Because <laughs> I'm trying to avoid questions with that answer. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's, that's a really simple way to start. Instead of, you know, obviously there's going to be people at different stages, but if you're just moving into a house, creating that secondary suite's a great start. If you've been in your house a while, you can both look at both options of secondary suite or leveraging your current house to buy another. Exactly. Or and even better, using the one you're living in and putting 5% down on the next one. These are great beginner strategies that you've taught me that I'm, I'm really, I like them. Yeah, they, they definitely are. And I know that some of the stuff they talk about is, well, you can go into the house, you can renovate, you can do this. If, if you've not had any experience renovating in your life, do you want to jump in being your first house, being you've got to do all this work? If you're a hands-on person, great. If you're not, it's probably not the strategy for you. Yeah, we've all seen the money pit. <laughs> yeah, I think there needs to be a, a simple strategy in place when you're buying a home to make money. Part of that is looking at how you can create revenue streams within it. And part of that is is just buying something that's fairly new. You know, you want a decent roof. Uh, you want a, a newer furnace. Those are your big expenses, right? Solid yep. foundation and no termites. That is key. <laughs> so any uh, anything you want to finish us off here with in the, the psychology of getting started? Or, uh, it's not really the psychology of getting started, but the, the plan of getting started, I guess, the vision. It's, it's really just have a conversation. If it's something you want to do, uh, let's have a conversation. Let's just figure out what type of budget you can look at for, for a property. What can you qualify to buy a secondary property? Whether it be, hey, you're going to buy this straight out as a rental or as, as you brought up, Jeff, and that is, you know what? It, it's, you're thinking of getting a bigger place for yourself to live in, rent out the current place and what what options are available to actually buy buy the new house with minimal down payment mm -hmm. yeah and i think a lot of people that uh, uh the only one i would add there is if you're looking at getting into your first home look at creating a secondary suite as you get into it to become an investor right away 
and get yeah. used to that secondary income stream. Cause uh, I know it's funny. Uh, I had a friend who um, had wanted to make that leap for a long time. She got a taste of it and now she'll never go back. She yeah. had a, a granny flat in the back of her place that wasn't really being used. It was the kids play area. She put a couple bucks in to get in a fridge and a stove. It was already set up for a, a, a granny flat type of place. And now that she, she's gotten used to that monthly income, she's like, I, I don't, I don't want to live without it. Yeah. And it's paying, you know, probably a little more than half of her mortgage, just having that, that secondary suite. And she's a single mom. So like, holy cow, how's, how much does that help every month? And when you break it down, it's, it's, if you can add, what, an extra $800, $1,000 for doing that or more based on where your area is. If you just think about if suddenly that little bit of extra money was freed up, what could you do with that money every month? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What is it? Uh, most Canadians are within $500 of bankruptcy at any given time. So that's, that's kind of a crazy thing to think that you could almost double that and create a real safety net for yourself within the first few years by doing that, having that secondary sweeter better yet starting and looking at your long-term vision, setting those goals from the very beginning to grow them out. The first five years is probably the most important because after that, it just kind of builds itself. Yeah, exactly. Franchise of real estate investments. <laughs> well, go, 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 going back to five years, it's, it's most people underestimate one year, but five years, what you can accomplish in five years and where that sets you up. It's, I mean, taking a few steps today, it can set you up for huge success five years down the road. Yeah, words to live by. So thank you very much, Jonathan. As always, a massive pleasure talking to you, my friend. Oh, of course, Jefferson, you too. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. If you want to know more about how to become an investor, how to get started, whether it's your first property, your third, or your you know hundredth, Jonathan can certainly help you out. You can send him an email at ipincome at a mortgageplan.com or subscribe to the book that he and I both co-authored at investmentpropertyincomebook.com. Get your free book there and uh, it'll also get you subscribed to all of our podcasts so you'll never miss out on an episode of this. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it for us today, Jonathan. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.